Love burgers and pizza Wanna see me eat some Can't get enough of that meat yum Chili cheese fries and some Mr. Pib I need tacos with a nasty dip Pico de gallo, mayo or dryo Hot sauce or barbecue straight from Ohio Homemade coleslaw, fuck Boston Market Junkie blue cheese range into five star bread Only one time was in pita Hello and welcome to Bring a Plate My name is Peter Taggart roasting on an open fire Oh my god, my name's Rebecca Shawley, it's Christmas. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd say Rebecca Shaw nipping at your nose. I don't know what that is. From the song. What song? Chestnuts roasting on an open I don't know fire. the song, I only know that line. I Who think, sings it? Um, yeah, it looks really nice. Thank you. Bing Crosby, don't flatter me. Google with Crosby. Um, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's that's he invented Bing. Yeah. The search engine. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca, it is Christmas. Hello. No, it's not. It's, it's near Christmas. It's Christmas ish. You know what? It feels like it's been Christmas for the last Since you met me. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is Christmas day. Oh my god, is this just my gonna voice be voice is perfect for carols. Is it? Yes. Did you used to go caroling? Like... Um I used to go Carol Kinging yeah. from door to door. <laughs> Carol King hitting. <laughs> That's like when gay guys have a fight. In the- <laughs> not funny, not funny, no. guys. Not, not a joke. Don't, don't, don't laugh at Don't that. drink and hit, like, get in punch-ups. No. Just don't do it. Don't drink and get in punch-ups. And if you are going to do it, make sure you win. Make sure you win the fight. <laughs> um, Rebecca, we're here at Carol's in the Domain. Yes. Um, Koshi's here. Sam Armitage is here with her new haircut. Have you seen her? No. New hair? She looks exactly like the villain in Parent Trap. <laughs> you know, the stepmother? In the Lindsay Lohan like, remake? That's like, as soon as I marry Dennis Quaid, I'm going to ship that little bitch off to military school. You know that one? Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. actress is in heaps of stuff. I She's don't know great. who she is. She's great. Though. Anyway, Sam Armitage looks like her now. Okay, I like and that. And acts like her as well. <laughs> um, but I actually don't know that many Christmas carols. Did you not celebrate Christmas? We did, but we weren't Are you really. Jehovah's c- Witness. Yes, that's why I don't have a birthday. <laughs> um, one Christmas I went to Harvey Bay with my um, cousin and my aunties and uncles, and um, my auntie was religious, so we went to her church um, Christmas carols in yes. the park. You, they could only sing religious ones, not one, not any of the fun ones. They have to be ones about Jesus. What ones? What what ones are the ones about like Je- all, Silent Night? Yeah, and like you couldn't sing like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer or anything like that because it didn't talk about Jesus. Oh God, fun <laughs> It was so fun. Rebecca, it's an interesting time of year because we we focus a lot on being charitable at this time of year about gift giving, giving something back. I imagine that you'll be spending Christmas Day. At your local soup kitchen, getting soup. <laughs> <laughs> I go to this thing that's like, um, or you can eat soup on Christmas Day at Sizzler. That's, oh. But they have like Do 20. They, are they open Christmas Day? I, sh- oh, I don't know. I would assume so. Someone was telling me the other day that their Sizzlers might be leaving the country. Yeah. Never in Queensland. Yeah, that's what I no. said. <laughs> they will never leave Queensland. It will it's always turn a profit here. Toowoomba's most popular restaurant it's is It's still Sizzler. out the door every yes. Saturday morning yeah. at Toowoomba. Yeah. It's crazy. It's not that crazy. Well. Crazy <laughs> for being. You were singing that before. So Sizzler. Uh, <laughs> 
wants a new theme song. That's why they live in the country. <laughs> it's a time for being charitable, and I read a really interesting article this week about someone who's probably less than charitable, less than generous. Um, it was a story I think I found via Huffington Post. Um, Huffpo. Huffpo, as we in the biz call it. <laughs> Ariana Huffpo. <laughs> That's my favorite Pokemon. And this guy named Ben Edelman, he's a Harvard Business School professor. He went to a Chinese restaurant. Delicious. I, th- I imagine on his own, although there's too much food that he ordered to be on his own, right? Well, not if you've <laughs> seen what I would order. <laughs> um, he went to a Chinese restaurant uh, and he started an email campaign <laughs> back and forth over too long a period yes. because they overcharged him Because he had looked at the prices on the website and then he'd gotten home and he'd realized that everything was a dollar more expensive that he'd ordered when he went to the actual restaurant. And he said, they can't do that. (laughs) They can't do that. That's like... To me, Ben Edelman. (laughs) And he furiously masturbated and then he wrote these emails and... He, um, yeah, he went back and forth. He basically threatened them with some obscure Massachusetts law where they were like, I'm going to also, uh, demand that I get three times as much back. So you overcharge me by $4, but I want you to refund me by $12 because Ugh. of your error. And they were basically from the start saying, okay, we'll give you your money back. And he's like, not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we'll give you $12. Not good enough. Everything. And, and basically, they caved and gave him the full $12. But this is like a mum and pop restaurant. This is not some chain of restaurants. Um, is he the tightest person you know, Rebecca Shaw, you've ever heard of? Because this is pretty tight. But it's not even – because with him, it's not about the money. No. It's about his power trip and his wanting – yeah, the principle, like so-called <sighs> principle. And he, the time he spent – Writing those emails. He gets, he's paid $800 an hour at his job. Oh my God. The time he spent writing these emails is probably $800. And it's $1. Yes. It's not like they overcharge him by like, you know. Even if it was $2. <laughs> Something outrageous <laughs> like that. <laughs> Do you know anyone cheaper? Well, not that because that's cheap and like being a cunt. Yes. Basically. So that's It's a not good cheap company. out of necessity. Yeah. But I know people who like take their own popcorn to the movie. That's gross. And yeah, especially if it's like, um, it's usually like Graceville. So the popcorn is already super cheap. Do they, um, pop the popcorn before they leave or do they pop it while they're watching the movie? No, they take the machine in. I thought they might take it like a skillet and. <laughs> <laughs> like in the scream, sort of scream, yeah. that one. Um, the, my auntie and uncle, who will remain nameless, but I have a lot of them, so it could be any of them. Um, for my 18th birthday, came over, like, my brother was, he wanted, okay, my little brother oh, wanted God. to invite his friend. <laughs> yes. And he's like, uh, my friend's dad is friends with our dad, so can he come to your party and, like, hang out with my dad? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And he showed up and he gave me, like, a bottle of bourbon, like a yes. nice bottle of bourbon. Yeah, that's nice. My auntie and uncle showed up and in a red cellophane packet had given me one out of a four pack of 
an alcoholic drink. Oh my god! Wrapped up really nicely. What did they red- do with the other three? I don't know. I don't know if they just bought one. It was like a weird. It was kind of like a cruiser, but it was called like tattoo or something. It was like a new. Running, was it running through your head? <laughs> running through my head. I, there was lots of things running through my head I when bet. they gave it to me, and I was like, "Why bother? Don't give me anything." Yeah, it I would rather bizarre. get nothing. Yeah, it was crazy. My um nan on my mum's side, my mother's mother, who sadly mother's mother sadly not with us um she uh once received for christmas paper napkins from a family friend oh my god isn't that the cheapest present you've ever heard of were they ones that they picked up at mcdonald's or something (laughs) on the way they just stuffed it no it was just like uh like something that they bought at coles just like a a 20 pack of red christmas napkins Paper napkins. Was it like during the Depression? <laughs> no, this was like 2004. Oh. I think this was the year that she actually died. She died a couple of days because after of Christmas that. in 2004, and I blame them solely because <laughs> oh she was so angry. She was like, what is this shit? Like, she honestly, she was like so offended, and I would be too. But that's a – don't give them anything. Write a yeah, nice, write a nice card, card and be like, yeah, just anything, but don't give, give them Give them money. Someone- give them the dollar value. I'd rather the money. Oh, the 45 cents yes. that napkins cost. <laughs> you can go and get a 45 cent cone. Of marijuana. <laughs> yeah. The the tightest person I know is actually my grandmother on the other side. Oh, my, my Lord. dad's mother, who is also not with us. Not not so sadly. Um, she... He'll <laughs> 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 never listen to this. Yeah. Um, she, she was really tight. She is a woman who would reuse tea bags four times. <sighs> so she'd hang them up on the windowsill until they dried out, dip them back in, hang them up, dip them back in. She would also, she's the only woman I know who would, um, she'd get Christmas cards or birthday cards to her, written to her, and she would get white out and white over the names Whoa. and then write in her own message. But see, I respect that. No, and- you don't. <laughs> no, because I think... Like, if you're that age, you have more of a right to be stingy. She'd also make, like, you'd go around to her place for um, dinner and she'd make a roast barbecue chook go ten ways. How do you make a chook go ten ways, Rebecca? Get it drunk. That's <laughs> what drunken chicken is. My nana is <sighs> the... My nana somehow, she's on a pension and she somehow gives me $50 for my birthday. Wow. And, like, That's we right. have... She has probably 40 grandchildren. Yeah. And she somehow gets everyone a present. It's amazing. She's just probably... I don't want to ab- make, make you feel bad, <laughs> but she probably sits home in the dark all day and eats like tuna out of a can. But anyway, <laughs> I hope well, she you feel likes good about doing that $50. That. She told me um, she likes tuna. But my, I really want to get my nana... Like this is unrelated to Christmas, but um, she, her and I have different opinions about every single issue. I'm sure. And we went to lunch... Um, and we walked past a building and people were smoking outside mm-hmm. and she was like, good for them. <sighs> no, she was like, poor smokers having to leave the office and go outside. Oh, to wow. Smoke. And she doesn't even smoke. And I was like, no, what are you talking She's about? She's into human rights. She is. She's a libertarian. <laughs> She's an anarchist. She's a libertarian. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think she has her period anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but talking about um, homemade gifts mm-hmm. or gifts, you know, like you said, it's just nice to give somebody a card. I love cards that people make themselves. I, I do want to mention here, right here and now, is that we have 
10 Bringer Plate Christmas cards. Oh, yes. That we got specially printed. <laughs> Rebecca did some, I don't want to give away what it is, but she did some amazing Photoshop work. It is for not the cover. amazing. It's really incredible. <laughs> it's uh, terrible. It's the best thing I've seen. Uh, and we've only got 10. We wouldn't gotten professionally printed. Oh my God. Opposed to printing them out ourselves. And I, I, I actually got them online. I ordered them online. And in the process of like paying for them, I accidentally ordered, um, like 120, um, <laughs> sticky labels with my address on them like you know when you go to the fine screen they're like uh click this if you would also like you know for an extra five dollars 120 <laughs> labels with your address on them and i like just thought it was checkout and i like clicked it and then i like was charged for that as oh well. my god so uh, if you would also like a sticker with my home address on it um so if you want one what should people do they should tweet us yeah and you can just dm us your address and we will send you a card and if you you but I'm, I'm sure we'll just be flooded with offers, Rebecca Shaw. <laughs> but you've got to be within the first. We can, we only have ten. We only have ten, so make sure you do it within the next two months. Yes, <laughs> before and, they all get. And taken. I'll send them out, and hopefully they'll get to you by Christmas Day. But um, yeah. And if you're not on Twitter, nobody is not on Twitter. You can leave us a message on Tumblr. Yeah. You can. You can. I think you can like direct message on Tumblr, can't you? Send mail. Yeah. Or you can email, email brocklesnitch at gmail. Brocklesnitch at gmail if you want a yeah. card. Brocklesnitch at gmail dot, dot com. com. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Put in the dot com, guys. It's important. It's, very it's important. an important part of it. HTTP. Yeah. <laughs> slash slash. <laughs> running through my head, running through my head. Rebecca, another exciting thing that happened this week, so exciting, particularly for this woman, uh, was... Which the, woman, you? Yes. This Particularly woman. for this woman. <laughs> this down-home country woman. Oh my God. Paula Deen. Yeah. Hi, I'm Paula Deen. This is my... Oh, my God. This is character work. <laughs> Finally on this show, we're doing Lauren some... Michaels. Character work. Oh, God. Um, Yumi Steins. Oh, yes. Who we love. I think she's hilarious. Did you watch her on Channel V when you were a teenager? Yes. I, wa- I loved her and James... Jimmy. Jimmy Kimmel. What was his Jimmy, name? Jimmy James think? Matheson. Yeah. Um, where did this controversy begin? Now, she <clears throat> she went to a movie premiere of Paddington. Yes. Yes. Which I didn't even know was a it's thing. It's a thing. And Nicole Kidman plays a woman, like an evil taxidermist. I really want to see it. Really? Yeah, Is yeah, it yeah. live action? Um, yeah. Oh, I didn't and, know that. And the guy from downtown, um, downtown. downtown Abbey. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. She went to that premiere with her family, her beautiful because family, it's a kids movie. and she went with her new baby, mm-hmm. and she took the baby, and it was only wearing its nappy. Yes. And for some reason, a columnist thought to write about it. Was it was it a columnist who started this all? Yeah, life? it was like some guy called David Campbell, but it's not the David Campbell that. Oh, thank goodness! I know because I we all know up. and love. Yes, because I was like, but I like him. Yeah, no, he would never do that. No, um, yeah, they wrote a. He wrote this really long article about how weird it was that she had the baby just in a nappy. Yeah. But the thing is she um was dressed up like it's a kids movie premiere and yes. she she said Nicole Kidman was there like I didn't expect my People photo to be paying attention yeah. to me. Yes. And it was like 30 Six degrees or something. And the weirdest thing is Nicole Kidman was also wearing a nappy. And no one and said nothing a thing. else. And no one said anything. <laughs> um, yeah. And so he wrote this whole thing in like how bizarre it was. And the kids should have been Dressed. in clothes. And I was just like, shut up. For who 
gives a is fuck. Is he a parent? Yes. He's like, before you say that I shouldn't be commenting because I'm a man, I have children. And, I'm and like, therefore I can comment on other parents all the time, yeah, every exactly. day. I have the authority. It's a straight, like babies run around. Yes. I've seen yeah. millions of kids just in nappies or no clothes. Like it's hot. Babies, that's the best thing. Yeah. If you have a kid, you just like go away, just I, run around. I can't believe the, it, it goes back to this whole thing of we love talking about other parents and other parents' yeah. decisions and judging other parents. And as someone who doesn't have children and will never have children, <laughs> <laughs> gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't really feel it's my my place to go, you're doing this wrong, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Except if people aren't giving their kids vaccines. Please give your kids vaccines. Yes, that's people. what I will judge you I will. That. I draw the line. <laughs> I want to judge it that. But it's but it's to do with, ke- like, the baby's not being neglected, no. obviously. It just happened to be hot and the baby, she just had a baby in a nappy. Yeah. Like, who cares? The funny thing is um, <clears throat> Darren Hinch decided to jump on the hate bandwagon and had a go at Yumi. Does he still have a radio show, Darren Hinch? I don't know. I think well, he, I think he did. I think he had a go at her on radio and <laughs> Michelle Laurie tweeted about it and was like, Darren Hinch saying that someone else is desperate for attention is the most hilarious uh, yeah. thing ever. Because that's, that's the gist of what he said. He said, oh, Yumi trotted out her baby in a nappy because she is desperate for publicity. Oh, my God. Like, Darren, uh, you don't see what's happening. You are... <laughs> You, Darren. But the thing is, and Yumi was like, um, cause she wrote a really nice, like a good response to sure. it. And basically was like, why would I do that for attention? Like the, the re- half the reason she was just in a nappy is because there was way more famous people there. I didn't yeah. assume to get any attention. That would never cross my mind that that would get it's not me like attention. She has something to promote at the moment no. that she needs publicity for. It's so weird. Um, but also it's just to do with women. Like they get it. People get women get judged constantly, especially mothers. I don't think if it was a dad um, bringing down his uh, bringing down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think if it was a dad carrying his son in a nappy that it would be such a big deal. If it was like a footy player, they wouldn't go. How dare yeah. he? They think, be, oh, that's they'd adorable. be like, oh, a father is spending time with their yeah, son. Yeah. He's babysitting his son. Babysitting, yeah, yeah. But it happens with the breastfeeding thing as well. That happened. In the last, I think last week in London, it got stirred up again because oh, the- a woman was breastfeeding at Claridge's, which is like a fancy hotel. Okay, yeah. And she had to like cover the baby in a huge napkin thing because of the hotel policy. Oh, wow. Um, and then Nigel Farage was asked about it, who's the leader of the UK Independence Party. And yes. he was like, they should perhaps sit in the corner and do it. Or you don't put baby in a corner. First yeah. Of all. <laughs> <laughs> and um but yeah i don't understand the whole why you would complain about someone breastfeeding in the same restaurant as you i just i it just blows my mind every single time there's a it's, debate it's about it it's not like it's that distracting it's not if you can you have the ability you don't have to look at it yeah most you're, of like, the people have reinforced if you really are that opposed like if you're going to pass out if you see a nipple unless of course you go to my restaurant which is where you sit opposite a breastfeeding woman and you have to look at her while you're eating your meal it's a new restaurant starting you have blinders on and you are stuck that's the thing just avert your fucking eyes you're an adult grow up god it drives me mental i would rather have breast like would you rather have a screaming baby while you're trying to eat 
It's interesting. Would you rather? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ask me some questions. <laughs> Is the baby screaming in a human voice? <laughs> Rebecca, I did something very noble this oh. week as well. That's always um, when people do noble things, they always talk about how noble yeah. it was. I like to talk that makes about it, it noble. It makes it more noble. Yeah. Um, I watched Peter Pan live. <laughs> oh, that is noble. I really am like when those sort of events happen. I really wish I lived in America because I'm. Yeah. I would. I'm so good at live tweeting. Things. But you, I can almost guarantee you wouldn't have lasted the whole thing because I say I watched it, and I watched a good hour and ten. How long is it? It's like two hours, 20. But why wouldn't I have lasted? <sighs> well, don't last the distance is what I've heard. Um, <clears throat> is Al- I don't really like Alison Williams' haircut in it. I love – so, okay. So, Alison Williams in it looks like the most beautiful twink that you've ever seen yeah. in your entire life. <laughs> um, <laughs> Peter Pan was basically on the back of the success, question mark, <laughs> of Sound of Music Live. Yeah. Um, firstly – until 10 minutes in, I did not realize it was a musical. I thought it was like a live play. Oh. And they sang in it, oh. which surprised me because I did not know any of the songs. Um, isn't, it, isn't that what Peter Pan is? I don't know. I've, I've only ever seen Hook. <laughs> yeah, Hook's the best. <laughs> Can I just tell you a quick tweet I saw the other no, day? No, you can't. Okay. Yeah, tell me. It was a guy. It was a tweet. Um don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like Smee? And that Smee putting on makeup hoping like people notices him. You know the best tweet about Peter Pan Live? No. It was from a very funny tweeter called Gary Gennetti who said, um, and I quote, I can't believe they cast a woman as Peter Pan when there are already so few parts for faggy 12-year-old boys. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. They cast beautiful Alison Williams from Girls in the lead role. They always cast a woman. Ugh. Always cast woman in a male role. Disgusting. Taking our jobs. Taking our jobs. <laughs> stealing our women. Um, <laughs> this, this was a very odd because there were a number of technical flubs. I very like much, this podcast. I very much enjoyed, very much like this podcast, I very much enjoyed seeing so much of the ceiling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> or, say, another camera. <laughs> Kind of took me out of the Neverland vibe, <laughs> got to say. It was incredibly odd. Christopher Walken was also in it. He's no what? Dustin Hoffman as oh. well. He, he kind of looked like he was there doing community service the whole time because <laughs> he, he, he was like, really? Am I, wh- why am I here? This? What was Alison Williams like? I heard she was um, like fine, like not bad. Oh wow, what a glowing endorsement! <laughs> no, but I, I heard she was fine. I thought that she would get a lot of criticism on Twitter, but from what I saw, she didn't really. She was good at the acting parts. Yeah, she's not such a strong singer, <laughs> is what I'll say. I've only heard her sing Kanye on Girls. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, and she was good at flying around oh, on yeah. a wire. That was good. Yeah, that you could um, see. Yep. <laughs> Well, that was, that was the thing about it. A lot of people online, um, there, I mean, there was a lot of snarky reviews online, yeah. but a lot of people also online kind of enjoyed the fact that it was all very old school. It was not like big screens as the sets or anything. It was uh, all yeah. real sets, you know. It was like a play. Wires. It was really, yeah, it was kind of like back to basics, kind yeah. of like something that they do in the 50s and they brought it forward to now. The only CGI in it was Tinkerbell, strangely enough. They just had like a CGI Tinkerbell and that I, I kind of wish they'd kind of used just a little light like they do in plays of Peter Pan. Oh, is that what they do? Yeah, yeah. And they, oh, they have the some voice. keys or something. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and babies love it. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart is all the way through Peter Pan Live, popping up 
in the ad breaks going, you should buy a Christmas present from Walmart. <laughs> My God. Why? I don't know. She's America's mother. She, when, yeah, she's America's mother. <laughs> don't you think, okay, 100%, don't you think she auditioned for Peter Pan? Uh, definitely. 100%. Yeah. And they were like, no, but you can be in the ads in between. <laughs> And she's like, okay, <laughs> as long as I get my pay. Oh, Melissa. God love her. <laughs> Remember this time last year we were talking about Melissa Joan Hart? Things never change. Oh, I hope gosh. every Christmas we're talking about Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> Rebecca, on that note, I think it's time for the last one for 2014. <gasps> it's time for some News Minute. Hi, this is News Minute and I'm Rebecca Shaw. Comedian Kitty Flanagan caused outrage this week when during a segment on the Channel 10 show The Project, she said that Santa doesn't exist. The damage was curtailed, however, when co-host Rove McManus said, that isn't true, how else do you explain that I'm an elf? NRL player Greg Bird was fined by his club after being caught urinating in a Byron Bay car park 24 hours after his wedding. When asked about the incident, Bird's new wife said, I knew this was coming, after all, we are in our honeymoon. King feminist Tony Abbott has hit out an attacks on his chief of staff Peter Credlin, saying she wouldn't cop the same sexist criticism if she was a man, and urged the media to quote, leave toots alone. Now here's sport with Peter. Well, just a day after his wedding in Byron Bay, Gold Coast Titans player Greg Bird has been fined for urinating on a police car. Jesus, Greg, on a car? What a waste, said Todd Carney. Around 200 Tasmanian men have quit the state's biggest lawn bowls competition over a decision to include women in the event. Rod Purcell from Sandy Bay Bowls Club said in a mixed comp you, quote, had to watch your P's and Q's. Whereas in an all-dude competition, men could do whatever they like with their peas. See, Rebecca, sometimes misogyny is adorable. And finally, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge attended a basketball game in New York City last week because when you're in New York, you might just see Yonce and Jay-Z get hugged by Kobe. Now you're in New York. And that's sports. Rebecca Shaw, we're back. We're both coughing into the microphone a it's lot this episode. Lovely. People I blame love it. All the wine. I blame oh, I blame gross people getting sick around the holidays. I know. Stop Fucking getting stay sick home. and making me sick. Idiots. <sighs> Don't go to work. If you've got I'm f- one of those people. Yes, you are. You just pass it on. You're Correct. a dickhead. Thank you so much. No problems. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier this year, Rebecca, we did a show. Uh, called Fatheads for Star Observer Digital. It only uh, aired in Sydney. Yes. We did five episodes. Nobody listened. Nobody listened. But it was, it was good. I think it was really good. And it's I'm, the only thing we're proud of. Yeah. That and no I'm one actually going to – the only reason we couldn't really release it is because it had a lot of, like, full songs in it. Yeah. Um, and I'm going – I'm planning on doing an edit over the break if I have time and releasing maybe one episode of Fatheads. Via Bring a Plate, mm-hmm. so it'll pop up in your uh, in your iTunes if you subscribe to this podcast, even if you don't want it. <laughs> so it's, I'm really selling you to subscribe, <laughs> um, but it's good. We we talked about essentially the concept of the show was we talked about heroes and villains in gay culture, whether it be um, in the fields of like science or uh, 
uh, entertainment. We did sport. We did sport. And Peter knew so much. I knew I was an expert on it. <laughs> Greg Laganus, guys, know who that is. Um, <laughs> uh, but I thought we could do something a little bit similar. I like to plagiarize ourselves when yes. we can. So I thought we could discuss the heroes and villains mm-hmm. of this year, 2014. Can we fa- can we just also say why it's called Fatheads? Because it's so oh, funny. Oh yes, um, Fatheads was because was it <laughs> we 2013? Have fat yeah, we're, we're Fatheads, but in 2013, I think it yeah. was um, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> he got accused of using a gay, a gay slur. slur. Um, he, he people reckon that he called a bunch of paparazzi faggots. Cocksucking faggots. Cocksucking faggots. And Alex says that he was calling them cocksucking fatheads. <laughs> you know the common expression fatheads that everyone uses <laughs> nowadays? And they say cocksucking first. Yeah, they say always oh say cocksucking fatheads. That yeah. made me laugh. That's the funniest thing he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> so here are the villains of 2014. Some real fatheads in this list too, oh, I've got to say. great fatheads. Um, do you want to go first? Who's the first person you'd like to nominate? As a hero? As a hero. Let's do heroes first. <laughs> Let's end on a negative. My first hero is Broad City. Okay, just the show? (laughs) Just the show. Abby and Alana, everyone involved in it. It's the best. I love it so much. I'm very excited about it coming back. It gave me so much happiness. It was 10 weeks of pure joy. It was, and I've watched it a bunch. And it's just, it was so refreshing, and I loved that it showed Young women get to do things like smoke pot, buy their own pot, which women generally never get to do. Women getting sex because they want sex. Yes. And getting cunnilingus yes. performed on them, which you don't see. Women turning down sex because the man they're having sex with isn't funny. That is the my favourite moment <laughs> of all Me time. Too. That is such a good message. Yes. Don't anyway. fuck people who aren't funny, guys. Well, also, you don't. Like, women are, she was totally in control and she wasn't into him because of his personality. To co-op to John Waters' quote, if you go home with someone and they don't watch Broad City, don't fuck them. Exactly. I have a controversial one to start off a hero's list. Um, And that's Jackie Lambie. (laughs) (laughs) Now, hear me out. Cunnilingus. Um, (laughs) She promoted cunnilingus and smoking pot. Uh, she loves big dicks as well, and she's not That's afraid true. to say so. Big dicks with the money. <laughs> um, good for her. Look, to people, you better explain that classless. quickly. Yeah, everyone was talking about how classless that was when Jackie Lambie was saying that she wants, she's looking for a man with a package between his legs who has money. She was asked on a radio show, and I think she. Doesn't... It's a kind of a joke. It's sort of a joke that yeah. your aunt would say on radio. And yes, it's kind of embarrassing if you're her family. Yeah, but I, I didn't find it. I, I guess because she's a politician. People expect her to have no personality and not tell jokes. Yeah, but also I think she um, maybe doesn't think that quickly on the spot. No. And Look, so she was... Here's the thing about it. I don't agree with her politics. I would never vote for her. No. I do not Yeah, I agree with many of the things she says. I do not think she is very smart. Yes. I hate to say in so. A, in, in, a, in, a, tr- in a classic, tr- traditional, intellectual, intellectual way. way. Yeah. I think she's probably got a lot of <clears throat> life experience. Yeah. That feeds a lot of her opinions. But she she's someone who comes from that school of really not giving a fuck, which is so refreshing. She doesn't talk like a politician, Rebecca. She yeah. goes on shows and she doesn't – she just 
tells you what things. But and this that is, is so how people refreshing. like I get elected because people like you are like she doesn't sound smart. She sounds like me. Yeah, <laughs> let's elect her. No, but but she's also she's blocked a lot of terrible things. Yeah, this year. she has. Power she's not in Pauline. The she's she's not Pauline. Pauline Hanson was also an idiot, but also a monster. <laughs> but look, she's she's blocked the higher ed reforms just in recent weeks. Um, and and, and it's what she says around when she blocks yeah. those, she said, um, you know. <laughs> The people pushing forward these higher ed reforms come from a born-to-rule class. Yeah. Nobody speaks like that to them anymore. She's saying the things that Bill Shorten should be saying yeah. as leader of the opposition. If he said some of the stuff she did but in his... People would like him a yeah. lot more. Yeah. And but people, you also love her because she hates rich people and you hate she rich people. She hates rich people. people. <laughs> I hate rich people. You do too. What a fucking yeah. load. <laughs> Not as much as you. Rich people. She also, um, when they had the asylum seeker yes. kids out of detention... She tore into the government yeah. and said, here you are, all are giving yourselves, I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure what she said was <laughs> much more clever and concise. <laughs> She's like, here you all are, you know, giving yourself pats on the back when these yeah. kids have been seeing detention for 18 months. And you could months, have done that something. And you could have done something. That was... She awesome. basically just wants to say "fuck you." That's basically yeah. what she wants to say. But she says it. In, she she gives it to them. Yeah, and, I, and that's why she I, does speak from the heart. That's why I put her on this list, okay. not because she's a perfect politician, but because you know what? More than any other politician this year, she's made more of a difference than anyone else. Yeah. Dro- mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> Bye, guys. Disagree. <laughs> Don't care. Stop listening. Peasant. God. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> next on my hero list, or are we doing a villain? No, heroes. Okay. Is a little thing called Tara the Hero Cat. It was the best moment of 2014. If you haven't seen it, type in Hero Cat into Google and you'll see a video of a little boy on a bike and a stray dog zeroing in on him. For some reason, it's really weird what the dog does, comes around and grabs the kid by the leg and is dragging him away to his death. But before he can drag the child away, out of nowhere comes a big cat, runs directly, slams into the dog, and the dog is knocked away from the kid and the dog fucking runs away. The child is saved. The cat is a hero. Hero cat. Doesn't the ha- cat come back and check on the child? As yes. Well? Oh. And I, before we knew the sex of the cat, mm-hmm. everyone assumed the cat was a was male. A no. But fuck you, the cat is named Tara. And a beautiful name. A beautiful, beautiful name. name for a beautiful hero cat. Hero cat. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I'm going to rush through my other ones because um, I've got one man. I've left him till pretty much last. David Pocock. Oh. Just for his... Behavior in the last month, uh, going out uh, and protesting a mine, a mine development, protesting for farmers. Yes, there's uh, if you follow the news in Queensland, there's always conflicts As between CSG mining and farmers. Like, what land should be reserved for farms? What land should be reserved for yep. mining? And oftentimes, you know. People want to mine on farmland, and mm-hmm. basically, once you mine on that land, it can never be used for farming again. Yeah. So I, I really like that he's adopted that sort of cause, and I think it's really sad that the ARU hasn't supported him in the way that they should have. I know, and it's fucking like he gets reprimanded for that, and you can, like, who was it that punch your wife? And yeah, who be was like, it that fine. sent the really disgusting text messages about the um oh. some woman something to do with rugby I thought union? That was- 
thought that was league. No, it's rugby no? union. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they should be supporting someone who's taking a moral stand about yes. an issue. It doesn't, it's not like he's got You don't have to support the protest. I mean, they could, part of it could be them worrying about sponsors, but you don't have to support the protest. You can still support the person and their freedom to protest. Yeah. And he's a, f- just a fine man. A fine specimen. In every way. I love him so much. He's bringing and out the big guns. All the time. And his wife is amazing. Yeah. And I just love them. They're the best. They're Australia's royals, in my opinion. Let's villains. Let's move on to villains because uh, this, is where, this is where we really feel more comfortable. <laughs> Being negative. <laughs> Let's face it. The first villain and the biggest villain <clears throat> in Australia in politics, mm-hmm. in general life, is... Jackie Lambie, don't you dare. Scott Morrison. Scott Morrison. Scoot Morrow. Scoot Morrow. He is a disgusting human. Not only is he the... Just makes terrible decisions. He's also the worst performing minister. Yeah, people can say that about David Johnson, but Scott Morrison is terrible at his job. And he literally used children in detention as a bargaining chip. Oh my god! And I just, you, I couldn't think he could get any more cynical and mean. And he just does. He surprises me all the time. And I just, I truly think he's just a bad person. And, and and it's just the contempt that he yeah. shows for the Australian public, like the not announcing, you know, of when asylum seeker boats have been intercepted. Like he he doesn't think Australians deserve to know what yeah. they're doing. And it's like, but you He's you were voted in by these people. We we deserve to know everything. Horrible! I can't stand him. Who's and more horrible, Rebecca, Scott Morrison, or celebrity chef Pete Evans? Oh my God. Is this your first villain? He should be a minister in the Abbott government. He should. He really he would, would be fit perfect. in so well. I have disliked Pete Evans ever since I saw him on a cooking show years ago say that he doesn't give his children dessert. But that's his prerogative. I thought, okay, well, sometimes you got to so, have dessert. Sometimes parents want to deprive their children of joy. Oh, I'm judging a parent. Oh, shit. Then he was on My Kitchen Rules and I couldn't watch it because I could not stand him. And now I've been justified because he's come out with all this other bullshit. Crazy bullshit. And now he's wearing anti-fluoride shirts. That's right. He's part of the anti-fluoride movement, Rebecca, because if you don't know, even though fluoride's been in the water stream for many, many years in many parts of Australia, it gives you ADD. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And that's the reason I'm so normal. Is because we didn't have fluoride. And I just have beautiful teeth that look Yeah, like Queenslanders have the best teeth. <laughs> We're the England, the England uh, of Australia the teeth. Big, the big book of Queensland yeah. teeth. Um, <laughs> so I love that I didn't have fluoride. Yeah. So lucky. Because um, I just feel so natural now. Yeah. Thanks to people like Pete Evans. And you've got no emotional problems. No or... emotional problems <laughs> at all. He's a huge advocate for the paleo diet. He's really the paleo spokesperson. Mm-hmm. And that is because he is a Neanderthal <coughs> man. Um, that's why he loves paleo so much. He has the brain of a caveman and he knows as much science as the first man on earth knew. That's a lot. They knew how to build um, fire. Yeah. And so he loves it. What, what is a paleo? You just eat fucking meat and grains? No? You don't eat grains No, you at don't all. eat grains. No grains. Or is it all grains? I think it's full whole grains. Um, It's definitely meat. Yeah. It's basically things that you can hunt or gather, I So think. I could never do the paleo diet because I would literally die of starvation. So you can have fruit, vegetable, lean meat, seafood, nuts, and seeds. You can't have dairy, grains, sugar, legumes, starches, or alcohol. Why no dairy? Kind of alcohol. But why no dairy? 
Yeah, you could have access to. Yeah, you can have access. Cows were alive. Yeah. Cows just didn't suddenly, like, man didn't invent the cow. And what about grains? Isn't it just Nate, isn't that, they come from plants? <laughs> yes, I don't they understand. do. This is like an ag science lesson. <laughs> uh, do, did other people in other states do ag science? Yes, they did ag oh, science. Oh, did they? I'm sure they did. I don't I know don't if know. city kids did it. We certainly did it at my school. Yeah, and we used to go once we had to cut open um, wounds of cows. We did too, and it fell out, and it fell out like a big bag of like brown shit. Yeah. Oh, good memories. (laughs) Um, All right, my next villain. Are you done with Peter? I'm done. Fuck, I'm so done. Done with him him forever. My next villain is all of Gamergate. (laughs) I think I say all gay men. All gay men. Yeah. Um, you know the the side of Gamergate that is full of misogynist fuckwits it's be, it, it's probably the defining thing on the internet this year like it yeah. has lasted so much longer than i thought it would yeah. last it just keeps going and going oh. because these people, people are keep making rape and death threats that's how it started it started oh because God. of one man's revenge against his girlfriend and it's blown up into this fucking I'm not going to go into it. All. You and, all know and, what it and is. And Anita Sarkeesian is doing so terribly out of it, isn't she? Yeah. Because she's coming to the fucking opera house next year. So Gamergate really took her down. Are we going to go to stuff there? That would be great. To see you Roxanne can buy multi packs. Yeah. yeah, maybe that would be fun. Probably a conversation for off air. Um, yeah. So all of the Gamergate that um that I don't like, and you know who they are. They're my. I've just had enough of them. They're all gross. Shut up. Get back to playing games. I hate to include another man on this list. <laughs> Mine's um, <laughs> oops, the most misandrous fucking oops. show we've ever done. And I could balance it out, but I'm not going to because my next villain is um the man who could have once been prime minister, and I find this unbelievable. <laughs> Mark Latham, who has become a glorified snark columnist uh. now. I guess he is. He writes for the AFR. There's a petition now, just only in the last week, Rebecca, to um, basically get him sacked from the AFR. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really like petitions no. that are getting people sacked from people's jobs. That should be a matter for the boss of yeah. that paper. I don't – it's not like he's a dickhead and he's writing bad things, but it's not like he's calling – I don't know. For people to kill each other. Yeah, like you can't – you can have differing opinions and disagree with them. Like I've He's got horrible opinions. Yeah, he's got terrible, terrible opinions, but don't. He's always worry been. About it. Mostly, it's about him being a sexist. I mean, he's he's a huge traitor to the labor movement, which I don't really care about because labor sucks and yeah. I hate party politics. But he's always been this massive sexist. Like, yeah, he's got a long history, and it's just particularly come to light this year through that column. But um, even back in like two thousand and four, Janet Elbrexen, who we all hate. But <laughs> I'm just speaking for all of us now. <laughs> um, but he called her a skanky hoe. That's such a 90s insult, by the way. He, he, that, that was part of his rap album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, Janet Albertson, when she's on Q&A, I'm like, she's... Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And she's like got that mean... He's not saying she wasn't beautiful. He's no, saying no, she's I'm a saying hoe. this is unrelated. Okay. I'm saying that I've have conflicted feelings yeah but yeah he his opinions are terrible and he's writing a lot of columns like the first one was about mothers um feminist mothers yeah and hating their children and basically he's saying like he was essentially 
because he's a stay-at-home dad, but he also has a lot of money and the ability mm-hmm. to stay at home and cook fucking pies or whatever he's doing. Pies, like, yes. <laughs> that's, like, that's like the most... um Making pies. <laughs> that's the most creative cooking thing I could think of <laughs> that would take the most time. Pie. But yeah, so I don't like reading his opinions and everyone's just ignore him. Feminist mothers hate their kids is the takeaway of what yeah. Mark Latham says. And it's... So true, because you can't be a feminist and a good mother, Rebecca. No, of course not. My last villain is whoever decided that this should be the last season of Parks and Recreation. Um, but yeah, I'm very sad about that. They're burning off the last season, like playing two episodes at a time. And I think Megan Amram tweeted out it was actually the last day yesterday. <laughs> show. So last film. I'm going to miss it so much. There's another I show that will replace it. No. And also Parenthood wrapped up, but. That's not as good. I just love it. Okay. And I've got two more women, um, and that's um, Rory and Lorelai Gilmore at the <laughs> end. <laughs> Why did you watch that whole show when you hated everyone okay, on it? I'm up to season five, Why? Guys. Stop watching it. If you want to write in and talk to me about Gilmore Girls, I'll send you a Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to bribe people to I, I hate the Gilmore Girls. Why do you watch it? Because it's very comforting. To bask in the hate. And I just shout at them all the time. My neighbours must think I'm living with Rory. a woman named Rory <laughs> and a woman named Lorelai. I'm just up to the bit where Rory had sex for the first time with a married man. Who cares? <laughs> you're my biggest villain of 2014, by the way. <laughs> you're not on my and list. you're mine. Aww. Outside the taxi window On the way to catch my flight I'd notice snowflakes playing in the ever-failing light when he dropped me at departures. It was really coming down, deep and crisp and even. It settled on the ground. It looks like Christmas, Christmas at the airport. All the planes are grounded. What? My goodness. <laughs> what, what a cheek. Cheeky monkey. Um, Don't sigh at me like that. <laughs> we watched something together last time. We've never watched a film for this show together. No. Before. And we never should. No. Depending on how this goes. It was really hard because it I kept was. wanting to say all the funny things that I thought all of. All the funny things. You're so yeah, funny. Yeah, I am. Thank you. <laughs> Last year around Christmas, we chose to watch uh, two films, Home Alone and Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, the best, best Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. This year, we wanted to watch another Christmas movie. I thought about watching Elf. I love Elf. Oh, I've never really seen it Elf from start is great. to end. No, Elf is adorable. Is that Zoe Deschanel's best, I mean... First She's movie? great in it. Is oh. it about the um show from the eighties, Alf, and he eats cats? <laughs> For this year, we chose uh, a two thousand and three Christmas film, a movie that everyone talks about every year. Everyone and we decided no, not every year around Christmas, every oh. year all through the yes. year. <laughs> For some reason, it's still it's so, so popular. Yes, and I, I, I was I'm a bit when you announced that we were going to talk about this movie and watch this movie together the reaction was oh my god i love that movie so yeah. much 
And I feel like we kind of talk about movies perhaps in a negative way on this show. <laughs> so if you're going to be upset by negative talk about Love Actually. Don't listen. Stop right now. And Thank you very much. Stop living. <laughs> no, don't stop don't living. Live and don't listen to this and don't tweet <laughs> and don't expect a Christmas card. <laughs> Um, this film is Love Actually from 2003, directed by Richard Curtis. <sighs> Huge, uh, you, what would you call him? The Judd Apatow of, of, of the UK. He, he's very prolific, Richard Curtis. He I wrote Four so. Weddings and a Funeral, didn't he? I don't know, probably. I think so. And he, and he, uh, created, um, Hugh Grant. He created Hugh Grant <laughs> yes. in the laboratory. Um, he created Vicar of Dibley as well. Uh, that's a good show. Very beloved and great Christmas specials of that show too. Yeah. So he always had a bit of a keen interest in Christmas mm-hmm. and wrote and direct this film. Essentially, it's um many different stories and they're all intertwined. But they're intertwined in a garbage way, which is just like they just randomly know people. Like everyone randomly knows somebody's each other. Somebody's somebody's friend yeah. and then they all go to the same school. Yeah. And- and Emma Thompson is in it, and she's Hugh Grant's sister, and he's the prime minister. It's so unimaginative. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I I am embarrassed to say that when this first came out, I really loved. Don't this be embarrassed. Movie. Lots of people like it. Well, I, I still think we've there just, are many great things. We've just become very cynical and old mean. and gross. Yeah, I, I do think there are still things to enjoy in this movie. But I liked this movie so much that in two thousand and four, at a public speaking competition. I used the uh, opening speech by Hugh Grant about the arrivals gate as part of a speech I did. And I did not win anything that year. Good. You shouldn't have, except for worst performance. So the speech that Hugh Grant does at the beginning is there's a shot of an arrivals gate and he's talking about how there's all this terrible shit going on in the world, but at the arrivals gate... Everyone is just so happy to see each other again and it's families embracing mothers and daughters, fathers and sons. The Arrivals Gate is a beautiful place to sit and people watch. And he also mentions in the first two minutes uh, 9-11, <laughs> which is, must be the only romantic comedy to talk about 9-11 within the first two minutes. There's also there's a great Annie DeFranco song about the Arrivals Gate. What's it called? Arrivals Gate. Oh, good. Imaginative of it. So (laughs) look that up if you want a better version of what Hugh Grant did. But fuck off. (laughs) First of all, airports are Are terrible places. Terrible places that everyone hates. So what are you talking about? I love getting a $14 Red Rooster chips. That's all you can get at Brisbane Airport. A $4.50 bottle of Mount Franklin water. (laughs) It's literally all you can get at Brisbane. Love, actually. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many characters. I feel like people know this movie so well that we don't really need to go into the no. plot super hard. It's a, it's a pretty well-known movie and people watch it every year. It's one of those pe- uh, things people watch every year with their families. Why? Why do they want to be with their families? I'm yes. not sure. <laughs> I would rather watch The Family Stone. I'd I like that Family movie. Feud. <laughs> I'd rather An watch. Episode of. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some of the characters in this. All right. Um, firstly, we've got Bill Nye, who I actually love. I think it's my favourite storyline. Bill Nye is an aging rocker, kind of in the vein of Mick Jagger, but a lot less successful and um, more charismatic. And more charismatic. Funny. He wants to have a Christmas number one because in the UK, Rebecca, Christmas number ones are a really big deal. I didn't know that. And they're always like novelty songs. Is it like that the pantomime thing they love as well? They're fucking weird people. <laughs> if you're in England. I'm so glad that we're like just prisoners of theirs. 
<laughs> you want to be blood related. You want to be kept yeah. by them. Fair enough. Um, so he he's trying to get a Christmas number one. He gets a Christmas number one. It's um, it's very sweet his storyline. Yeah. He's got a a manager who he refers to as, as his fat manager. <laughs> Um, but there's real love there and yeah. he realises that, that this manager actually cares for him and that once he gets his Christmas number one, he he's not so swept up in the the power that it brings with it. He's invited yeah. to Elton John's party but he leaves yeah. because he realises he wants to be with the people he loves. It's truly this, the only like lovely storyline mm-hmm. in the whole thing that actually is about actual genuine realistic love. And the... Every other storyline is there's a man pining after a woman or a woman who is downtrodden. Yes. Or the woman is dead. The woman is there for a man only. Or dead. And that's a problem. I can't watch movies anymore without thinking of them in this framework yes. and looking for this sort of stuff. And this movie is- I mean, it's not like Love actually invented that framework of no. this horrible- I think it's because there's so many. Oh, there's like yeah. eight stories and they're all, all like this, that. Yeah. And none of them just have- I mean, you were just reading to me before Lindy West's great article that she wrote about Love yeah. Actually. And she talks about Emma Thompson's character. And she what does she say? She's the only character with personality. The only female character with personality. And which is true, she's the only female character that really gets a lot to say. But she's stuck in this loveless marriage. Yeah. She, I don't know, she whether she wants to get out of it or she can't get out of it, but or she's not even trying to get out of it. But yeah. it's. It she just says she's that, not like a she's not like the strongest character. No, she says it, she's a resident female personality haver, which means she's totally nice and bland ninety five percent of the time. She's married to Alan Rickman. Always sounds Welcome like he's drinking home, milk. Mrs. Thompson. <laughs> Don't be getting so better. proud of yourself. And Alan Rickman works at, a, at an office with, um, what would you say about it? The most evil woman of all time? That's the, the thing. The most two-dimensional evil character? That's the thing that bothered me about this so much is because he doesn't even have an affair with her, but it's no. heading it's towards that way. Yeah. And he's going to he buys her a necklace, blah, blah, blah. But the thing about it is that there's no shades of grey whatsoever. Like, there's nothing appealing about her. She she, exists as a mistress. Yeah, but before she even is a mistress, though. She has no, there's no, like, there's no, like, oh, his marriage is bad, they don't communicate, so he's getting emotional support. She's just, like, a terrible, one-dimensional character. Who's worming her way in. Yeah, and and it's so obviously. And he's he's not really painted as a villain. He's just kind of painted as, like, oh, well, I guess I, oh, yes, you're you're very beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, but she's not. Your love of this movie, I also feel, very much depends on how charming you find English awkwardness. Yeah. And I don't. I want to get back to Emma Thompson okay. just so we can finish off on Emma Thompson's storyline. What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> you just said finish off on Emma Thompson. Okay. Anyway. She she sees him at a jewellery counter and she thinks he is buying her a necklace. Yeah. Uh, and she comes home. He's actually buying the necklace for his mistress. Mm-hmm. Um, or yet to be mistress, really. Yeah. His secretary. She feels a package under the tree. (laughs) Uh, And it's a CD-shaped package. Yeah. But she's like, this must be a necklace. (laughs) This must be that necklace he bought me. A a necklace. Remember when when men buy necklaces and people wrap them in CD cases? (laughs) I wrote down that it could be um, that it was Jules' album. Oh, my 
God. <laughs> Necklace jewels. <laughs> what happens is she unwraps the present and it's actually a Joni Mitchell CD because she'd said it early in the movie to him how much she loves Joni Mitchell and he remembered that because he's a nice guy. Yeah. He listens to her. And she unwraps it. It's Joni Mitchell. He, she realizes that he's obviously bought the necklace for somebody else, yeah. clicks that he might be having an affair, and she goes into her room and listens to um, Both Sides Now by Joni Mitchell. Oh, my God. It's hot. I, I looked at oh love my God. from both sides. Don't no. ruin Joni Mitchell for me. I we we were saying last night. What if um every song in this movie was replaced by um Wendy Matthews? <laughs> <laughs> the day Jay you went, went away, hey, hey there's not, not a cloud in the, in the sky. It's, it's as blue as your blue goodbye. goodbye. And I thought not that, that it, it would rain on the day you went, went away. Hey. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Just do that on repeat. Um, yes. But I found that very affecting because I just love Jenny Mitchell yeah. and, her, and her songs and, are so oh. sad. And in any scenario, if you played a Jenny Mitchell song, I would be like heartbroken. And it's the way Emma Thompson in that scene has to, um, it's not that she's crying to Jenny Mitchell, which is also sad, but the way that she has to pull it together so yeah. that her children can't see her cry and she emerges from that room. She's she like, just, hey guys. And she's acting like you would. You should you just let your oh. children see you cry. And and you know what? Why she's so good with her children? Because she's not a feminist mother. No, <laughs> thanks, Mark Latham. Rebecca, you were talking about <sighs> Hugh Grant. Ugh. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Oh, it's all wonderful, isn't it? He's he's prime minister. Basically, Hugh Grant's storyline is that he becomes prime minister, and there's a lady there who is to serve tea. She's a tea and biscuit lady. Um. And she's really, really fat. She's enormous. They're, she's enormous and everyone keeps talking she's, about it. She's too fat to live. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everyone's like shocked that he would be in. No, first of all, he's like, um, I'm attracted to her because she's so fat and mm-hmm. I feel weird about it. So let's have her fired. Yes. Which is fucking illegal, you cocksucker. Well, well, before that, um, her name's Natalie. Let's call yes. her by name. Fatally. Fatally. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Just, <laughs> um, <laughs> and she's enormous. She's size 10. Yeah. Um, and, At the most. And she she does have a running with the US president. Uh, and Billy by Bo- running, I mean that he sexually assaults her. And everyone's fine with that. Well, well, Hugh Grant's kind of, uh, he, he sort of doesn't confront... Uh, the US president played by Billy Bob Thornton, weirdly enough. Um, he doesn't confront Billy Bob over it initially, but then he uses uh, kind of his anger at a press conference to attack the president, saying they <sighs> haven't had a good meeting because you tried to fuck the woman that I was interested in. It's so weird. It's Just very weird. say something at the time. But also, he doesn't. I think he doesn't know that she wasn't into it, so he's doing it as like a payback for her as well. There's too many turtlenecks in this movie, by the way. There's so many turtlenecks. Everyone's wearing a fucking turtleneck. They should have called it chunky turtleneck. They actually. should have. <laughs> but there's so much workplace sexual harassment in pretty much almost Which every other part. Well, oh, the Alan Colin. Rickman, all that is Alan Rickman. bad. Alan Rickman, um, who's fucking his secretary or going Not to yet. fuck, and he also works with uh the beautiful Laura Linney. Yes. And very early in this movie, he confronts Laura Linney over her affections for Carl, the hot Brazilian model that for some reason has perfect abs and beautiful tan skin and works in an office in England. with Laura Linney in the dreariest place ever. But that is also, you're not allowed to do that. You can't ask 
say anything to someone about no, who their affections that's are. That's sexual harassment. Yeah. Every storyline. And the Colin, that redhead guy. Colin he, works at that office as well. Oh, he hands out he sandwiches. And, and he sexually harasses everyone. And he, he leaves uh, the US because all the women in England are ugly, frigid bitches. Yes. And he's like, the only way I'm going to get my dick wet is if I go over to the US because everyone will find me charming. And he goes over to the US and it's true. Yes. And they brings them back. And he brings back a woman for his friend like she's a fucking postcard. There's a fair bit of that. In this, because Colin Firth also goes internationally to find his love interest, because there are no good women in England. So Colin Firth's bitch wife, oh, disgusting, has sex with his brother, and so he leaves to his mansion in France or wherever. His Frenchin, his Frenchin, and um, Jonathan Frenchin, Jonathan Frenchin. In this movie, there's so many storylines where the dude falls in love with the woman yes. without having spoken to her. He, her. He falls in love with that woman and they do not have a conversation. No. It's because she's beautiful. She's beautiful and she and is enough. there to serve him. Correct. And so they fall and they fall in love somehow. They have no conversation. There's too many stories in this. The I other know. story of that similar vein of not knowing a woman but being in love uh, with her is worst um one. is Walking Dead Man. Rick Grimes Rick from, Grimes Walking, from Dead. Walking Dead. Uh he is in love with Kira Knightley and he attends her wedding at the very start of this movie. The wedding to his best friend. And, and he organizes a fucking, this say no, it's not realistic yeah. because he organizes like a surprise horn section. They play what? songs. Yeah. The surprise the, horn section. The choir okay. does it. And then the horn section guys come out from the audience. Stop saying horn section. <laughs> no. Um, that's what I call my vagina. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's not realistic because it was before Ellen would have you on her show for yeah. organizing that. <laughs> You know what? It's it's it was two thousand and three's version of coming um down the aisle to that Chris Brown song yeah. Forever ever, oh, forever ever. Oh, You've sung forever, so much ever. in this episode. No, I'm sorry. You're lucky it's I'm Christmas. So sorry. And he she is so surprised yeah. when she finds out that he likes her because they've never talked. He's because infatuated with her. He, he all the filming that he did it's at their creepy. wedding. All the filming that he did at their wedding is him. Focusing in on her face so close. Yes. Wouldn't you want to not see even, her like decolletage? Not even Norma Desmond wants that close yeah. up. He, but he's never spoken to her. He's no. just in love with her because she's beautiful and someone else's. And he comes to her door at the end. Oh my God. It's the worst bit in the whole movie. And she's flattered because he's some stalky, creepy best friend. He pretends he's playing carols <sighs> on like a boombox, um, tape player. Mm. And he basically, he has like, Huge pieces of cardboard. Um, he's written messages. He's on. written messages on. It's like the Bob Dylan film clip, yeah. um, and he's like throwing them behind his shoulder. By the way, props to him. It takes a lot of organising to get cardboard in the correct order. When and you're they doing didn't even like have made their numbers on the back. Yeah, I don't know. They're but like he, giant palm cards. Yeah, he and she's flattered, and he's like, "To me, you're perfect." And I'm like. She said before, you've hardly had a conversation. She thought you hated her because you've never talked. You love her because she looks like Kira Knightley. He, he says he has never spoken to her because it's a, quote, self-preservation yes. thing. I think Rick Grimes is MRA. Because this, this, the whole storyline of him being infatuated with someone and then never speaking to them is very men's rights activist, in my opinion. And like trying to steal his best friend's girlfriend Ugh. or wife. He's just a... And then she kisses him. I know. She's flattered at all the stalking. Oh, my God. And then there's um, Taken Man. Oh, Liam yes. Neeson. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's wife has died. Give me back my wife. 
And his son is upset and spends a lot of time in his room and everyone's confounded as to why their son, his son might be upset. He's probably just masturbating in his room. Leave him alone. Or maybe his mother just fucking died, you crazy kooks. It turns out though, Rebecca. It's not because his mother's dead. He doesn't give a shit about his mum. Doesn't give a shit about his dead mum. What he cares about is he is um, in love with a woman at school and she doesn't know he exists. The trend of this movie. Yes, exactly. It's starting um, early. And so he learns to play the drums so that she'll pay attention to him because women love drummers. In fact, before this podcast uh, started recording today, we were looking at Zach from Hanson. <laughs> we actually were. <laughs> Well, I remember you saying last night, Beck, though, going back to um, uh, Hugh Grant's love interest, Fadley. Yeah. You were saying she is Adele. <laughs> she is Adele. She's got a potty mouth. Yeah. Kind of talk like this. She's like, thank you. I didn't you. mean to say fuck. I'm sorry. Thank you. Here's thank your you. biscuit. I can't fit through the door because I'm so fat. I'm too enormous. Yeah. But I... Even her family calls her plumpy. I know. She has... A stunning, like, hourglass figure. She's got an amazing figure. The body be banging. The bo- her body be banging. And everyone in this movie is nuts and it's such a terrible message to send. And then you got the porn people. I the own- quite like the porn people. Yeah, but it's a job where you pretend to have sex yeah. for the lighting for porn movies. Because porn movies really care about the lighting a They're lot. super into the lighting. But, of course, he's fully closed in, like, basically 400 no, layers. No, not always. No, but in, like, so- there's one scene where she has to take her top off and he has to. Sure. Um, but I did enjoy that there's a thing where she's um sitting, like, insinuating that she's doing face sitting. Yes, because it's but banned. But it would be banned now. Mm. 2014, this movie couldn't be made. How come they weren't on the villain list? The UK for banning face <laughs> sitting and fisting. It's wrong. And female ejaculation. Um, everything on the list was banning stuff that would bring women pleasure, by the Jerry way. Christmas chat. Female ejaculation, <laughs> face sitting and fisting. The three Fs. <laughs> the three Fs of Christmas. Yes. It's it's very strange. I do, I do want to mention before before we leave this film, and I, and I really want to stop talking about it, <laughs> is that Laura Linney ends up going home with Carl, the Brazilian male model that with works terrible in her hair. office. He has great terrible hair. hair. The biggest fight we've ever had last <laughs> night was about whether his hair is good. His it's hair is too long. long. It's beautiful. It's too long. It's so thick. It's rich. Yeah, it's luscious. and it just needs a cut no, because it goes not. over his collar like there's a People hedgehog love sitting that. there. No, People it's gross. It. Um, Carl uh, <sighs> is just. Just ripped. Yeah. He's ripped as. Yeah, all right. Um, and the thing is, somebody's out of somebody's league, and that is Carl is not in the same league as Laura Linney. No, she's, she's beautiful. Yes, she's too good for him. Um, But also, they start making out and they're going to have sex, mm-hmm. but horror of horrors, she has to take a phone call about her brother who is disabled. Yes. Okay, and so he's what? Like, Such a turn off. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, I didn't know your big secret that you have a brother that f- calls you on the phone." Sorry, we can't do it. And there's lots of straight sex, which you couldn't have been more revolted by last night. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't give away my secrets. <laughs> but um, so everyone thought like the the little kid runs through the airport and he doesn't get shot because he's chasing he's, after that woman. Yeah, he, that, the, the woman. woman. She's it's a grown woman. woman he loves. The only good, the best moment is when, because she sings, All I Want for Christmas and is You. Great. She's a beautiful singer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so he chases her through the airport and he doesn't get shot because he's white. Um, <laughs> it's after 9-11 as we found out in the first three minutes. Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> and then, you know, things get resolved with everyone 
all the men get their women who can't speak English or... Everyone's storyline is perfectly wrapped up with a Christmas bow, except, of course, Emma Thompson, who is... Well, someone's got to stay sad. That's so gross. That's so unsatisfying. Okay, that's why I don't like this movie, okay? Because I just wanted a happy ending for her. But do you know what? I wanted her to leave. Like, that's that's a happy ending of her leaving and just realising that she doesn't have to be with the dick of a man or him just profusely apologising and just being like, I have done a horrible thing to you and I will never... Something like that, but just not nothing. Because you know why? It's the one woman who had any form of personality Mm. or her own agency, so she couldn't be happy. And it's so disappointing because Richard Curtis... Created Vicar of Dibley, which is all about a woman with lots of personality. Yeah. She's, you know, a woman confident hilarious. in her own body. She's hilarious. No one she's, calls her thunder thighs, whatever they call her in the fucking... She hooks up with heaps of hot men yeah. in that show. She solves problems in the town. And yet in this movie, he somehow forgot all about that shit and didn't create a single female character that has anything worthwhile to say. And sorry if you love it. Um... We love it too. We're just joking, guys. <laughs> Christmas prank, Christmas prank. <laughs> no, I'm sure it'll be great. Enjoy the I'm fucking sure, movie. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's a good family Christmas. There's a lot of death and 9-11 and yeah. shit in it. Watch it with your kids you hate. <laughs> Melly Kaliki Maka is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you. Love it. What's your favourite carol? Oh, my favourite carol is... Good King Wenceslas? No, I'd never even heard of that before. Never heard of Good King Wenceslas? No. Everyone started changing their name to that and I was like, I don't know what that is. <sighs> Change their name by Deep Pole. Yeah. <laughs> to Good King Wenceslas. Just yeah. Like, oh, wow. The Christmas name. Do you have a Christmas name on Twitter? No, I think it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um... I like Rudolph, the Red Nose Reindeer. Oh, okay, yeah. Song. I think you're just talking about like people you like on Twitter. Adolf. Yeah, I like Adolf the Red Nose Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what his Twitter name would be. Oh, no. <laughs> um, one thing we don't do on Twitter enough <laughs> is lesbian news because that's exclusively for this <laughs> show. I'm having a stroke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really tired. Um, <laughs> it's exclusively for BAP. BAPs. And you've seen a lot of BAPs this year about and lesbian news. Tell us about it. <laughs> Good. Intro. Well, I trawled through the troves of lesbian news. There wasn't that. There was a couple of big moments, mm-hmm. but there wasn't really... Any... No, it wasn't a good year for lesbians. No, no not really. Ruby Rose was quiet. <laughs> I want to talk about one of my favourite lesbians who had a good year again, mm-hmm. Kate McKinnon on SNL. She did. Although I felt like in SNL she wasn't, she used wasn't that included. Much. No. Um, I know. That's why I was very sad. Bec- but every time she's on screen, she's oh. by far the 
very, very funny. Angela Merkel goes from strength to strength. Yeah. She's amazing. The whole female cast on that is... But they're not all lesbians. Doesn't matter. (laughs) They are in my heart. Um, And we had a few, you know, Orange is New Black again was... Lesbian storylines. Had lesbian... They they focused in on Poussey's storyline this year, which was good. Yeah, and she's a really good actress. Um, and then they also had the she hooked up in real life with the writer who came out. That's right. Um, which I'm very upset about. Why? Because all of the rest of us lesbians have put in years, and she's like, "Oh, I'm a lesbian," and then she dates like the hottest lesbian in the world. Well, I'm sorry, it doesn't work. Like well, you it want does. It, to work. it should. It doesn't um, work on the amount of hours you put in as a lesbian. Be, that you should get be the ten thousand hours, and you become the professional <laughs> lesbian. <laughs> Um, there's also a couple of lesbian characters. There's one on Marry Me. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which she makes some really gross jokes, which is really fun yes. to see. Um, she's very sex, she's very open about it yeah. as well, and like how hot she finds women, which yeah. is well, often when there's a lesbian character, particularly they're in a sexless. comedy, they're kind of just sexless. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's a horny bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then recently, in recent days, there was a weird New York Times thing where they got, um, celebrities to kiss each other. They got like, there was, it was called Nine Kisses or something. And they had like Benedict Cumberbatch kissed Reese Witherspoon. And it was really weird. He's dressed as Zorro. Yeah. And I things like that. that. And Steve Carell made out with Laura Dern, which is yeah. great. Um, I didn't watch any of them except for Rosario Dawson kissing Jenny Slate. Oh, yeah. That's, excuse me. That was Rebecca Fire. That was a lady. On a motorbike wearing thongs and a singlet. So they just passed our window. This is Queensland. I know. Um, Love your Queensland. <laughs> you mean the world to me. The greatest Queensland song of all time. Um, look it up on YouTube. Rosario Dawson and Jenny Slate was adorable. Mm-hmm. It was a really cute kiss. Um, but the biggest moment of the year is Ellen Page coming out. Yes. Which was a fantastic moment. Um, what was the award show that she wasn't an award show? It was a humanitarian. Yeah, it was like the HRC. Event. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, it really affected me watching that because you could see how incredibly nervous she was. She was, oh yeah, it was painful. To yeah. Watch in a and way. it's, um, one of those things that is like, I think a lot of people sort of would have known in her life. But to say it out loud in yeah. front of a group of people, it just is proved how, living as gay. yeah, just proved how difficult it really is. And like Kristen Stewart hasn't done it yet. Um, and. also um mel buttle did the same thing yes from bring a plate (laughs) comedy show but also she was extremely nervous she did a tedx talk yeah and yeah i just think it's really i think it's really important for people like that if they choose to to sort of do it on a wider scale and stop all the speculation and so they can live authentically um, but yeah, so that was the top lesbian moment 2014. Yes! Yes, lesbians! <laughs> Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl, Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa baby, a 54 convertible to light blue. I'll wait up for you, dear Santa baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. Rebecca, 
Hello. As a little treat to end off the year of podcasting, can you believe we made it another year? Nine episodes later. <laughs> This, yeah. this great fortnightly podcast that we do. I know it still Can you says that. There's only been nine fortnights. <laughs> it still says that under my articles that is, a f- and everyone tweets to me and it's like, "Can you get them to yeah, change that?" Whatever, get fucked. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, Rebecca, but um, probably lately I've been dabbling in um professional erotic fiction writing. Oh Jesus, <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, and I'm also into fan fiction. So I thought to uh, I thought we'd have a little reading because I want to test this out. Okay. If people like this, I might uh, release the other ninety stories that I've written <laughs> and try and get them published or even self-publish. I'll just print out a copy and put them in the uh, window at the avid reader, <laughs> and um, people can pick them up from there. Um, <clears throat> a show I'm really into uh, that I thought would be perfect for um, erotic fan fiction is. Um, Frasier. Okay. Um, and so I thought we could perhaps read together, if you wouldn't mind helping me uh-huh. out, reading some erotic Frasier fan fiction. Uh, this is called Goodnight Seattle, We Love You, Tossed Salad and Scrambled Legs. Oh my God. <laughs> what to say of Seattle? Rain, grunge, people are sleepless there. And in Seattle, perched high in an apartment resembling the foyer of a regional arts centre, lived a most interesting man, famed in his city. The man was known only as Dr. Fraser Crane, because that's the only name he needed. Dr. Crane was a kind of Christian Grey figure around town. He was mid-fifties to early (laughs) sixties, balding, chubby, effete, pretentious, fussy, commitment-phobic, vaguely British, (laughs) in a weird codependent relationship with his brother, and lived with his father and his father's cockney carer. (laughs) He was what the ladies on Tinder would call a real right swipe. Fraser wouldn't know what Tinder was, of course, and at the mere mention of it, would make a joke about it being a type of kindling. This was just another of his very appealing qualities. On this day, Dr. Crane had awoken with morning wood, It was red cedar that had been shipped from Ontario, and soon a man with calloused hands would turn it into a divine armoire. He'd also woken up with an erection. It had been some months since Fraser had felt the sensual embrace of a woman. In fact, the last sexual encounter he'd had was exactly five months prior, when he'd been reunited, if only for one night, with his icy first wife, Lilith. Fraser had described the fling as a visit to Lilith affair which even for Fraser was a dated cultural <laughs> reference. Fraser hadn't been on a date since and had explained to his father that he was just waiting for the right woman to come along, namely a deaf-mute model 30 years his junior who wouldn't threaten his moral and intellectual superiority. But she must read Proust, Fraser would qualify, and we'd all laugh and laugh because it was the 90s and what else did we have? It was a restless drive to radio station KACL that morning. He was so distracted, without focus, he almost considered calling in sick. But there were people who needed his show, his advice, and he needed to give it to them. Give it to them real good. Oh, he was prepared to paraphrase Freud until they couldn't take it anymore. When he arrived, the studio was empty, no producer waiting on the other side of the glass. Fraser called out to Kenny, the station manager, who couldn't share Roz's whereabouts, but instead offered up an anecdote about being working class, a story which sounded to Fraser like a white noise concerto. As the clock ticked a minute to ten, Roz hurried through the door, scattering apologies as she went. I'm real sorry, Fraser, said Roz. 
Two veterans were stuck on the elevator and I had to help them get off. Fraser rolled his eyes disapprovingly. Everyone knew it to be a double entendre because Roz was a real harlot. You know, you can't just leave me high and dry like this, Roz, said Fraser, fussing at his desk. How would you like me to leave you, she replied, low and wet. Fraser broke eye contact, something else craned. Ten seconds till air, Fraser. Fraser had always had a bit of a thing for his producer, Roz, and the attraction was mutual because Roz didn't have a type. Why, they'd even had sex once before, but for the sake of this story, let's just say that they didn't. He looked down at the blinking red light and cleared his throat. Good morning, this is Dr. Fraser Crane, and Fraser looked through the glass at Roz, who was slowly applying a thick layer of grape lip smucker to her lips. She pouted and the smucker smudged, leaving her with a sticky John Waters pencil moustache. Seattle, I'm horny. Nope, that's not the line at all, Fraser. Roz shut him the wild fear eyes. I mean, Seattle, I'm... I'm listening. Roz, who's our first caller? Roz arched a single brow. Fraser, I've got dick on hold. The next hour, Fraser could barely concentrate enough to offer the emptiest psychiatric cliches like maybe you should try and talk to your father and stop comparing yourself to others and Peter, you make up too many rules for yourself and if you punish yourself for not following the rules every time, life will pass you by. Anyway, just fictional examples like those. <laughs> Fraser stared up at the clock. As the big hand reached 11, another big hand reached down trowel. He'd hoped to find something as flaccid as Seattle Opera's Aida, but instead he found something that more resembled Neptune Theatre's production of Anything Goes, engorged and full of semen. Dr. Crane had entered what professional erotic fiction writers call the Bone Zone. What are you doing down south? Antiquing? Fraser looked up to find Roz standing in the doorway. Preposterous, Fraser said, wrestling his hand from his waistband. I couldn't go antiquing without Niles. He'd be furious. Fraser stood and paced the studio. It was a joke, said Roz, as she shifted towards Fraser, tugging at his collar. You want to hear another one? Roz placed her pinky between those besmacked lips and rubbed a slick of saliva down Fraser's shirt. Let's get you out of those wet clothes. Before he could shriek, wait, that's silk, Roz had removed every cufflink and kerchief from Fraser's person. His torso was not spongy nor firm. It looked like a candle in the wind, left out in the wind for too long, the type of candle you wondered if you ever would use again. Roz wondered if it was worth the effort finding the wick. Roz guided Fraser's hand, unhooking her bra and removing her blouse. Roz... Roz flopped out her left breast, plump as a memory foam mattress and wide as the first snow of winter. She exposed her right breast, which was fine. <laughs> and her vagina. Well, it was a total stunner. Really great stuff. It was everything you would look for in that sort of thing. Very put together. As nice as an average penis. It was like a butterfly mated with a fresh morning rose in direct defiance of God. Roz knelt and stared at Dr. Crane's penis. It looked just like a microphone and even had a cord which attached to a soundboard. Roz tapped the tip and spoke into it. Testies, testies, one, two, three. <laughs> Frasier didn't laugh, probably because Noel Coward didn't say it. Still, Roz persisted with the microphone shtick. If I blow too loudly, it's not going to give me any feedback, is it? Hopefully not for another five minutes, replied Dr. Crane. And they both chuckled, but Frasier meant it. He had real problems. Roz flipped Dr. Crane onto his back and whispered in a husky, sultry tone. 
Come whenever you want, I wouldn't mind making it home in time for the rerun of Commander-in-Chief. Fraser resisted a commander in Queefgag because, frankly, it was beneath him and he would never even think of it anyway. <laughs> Fraser loved the sensation of Rose atop him, grinding faster than that overzealous waiter he had fired from La Pichet. Fraser clung to Rose's thighs like wisps of bronze hair clung to his own noggin. She really was great at doing it, and Fraser composed a complimentary letter to her as she rode. Rose cupped Fraser's moves. <laughs> And they felt like two children's swimming caps filled with rice pudding. Now you on top of me, insisted Roz. This is what they call the missionary. She'd been with enough missionaries to know. Fraser lay on top of Roz like a cinema beanbag. He re-entered Roz. He re-entered Roz and she didn't even check for a wrist stamp. Roz grabbed at Fraser's behind, which felt like two warm cob loaves. Bulldog walked into the studio. Room for a third, he asked. Two men at once, replied Roz, wiping sweat from her forehead. It's not Thursday. As we've established, Roz has had sex before. Bulldog left with his metaphorical and real tail between his legs. He was bluffing anyway, having lost his penis earlier in a most unfortunate broadcasting incident. Fraser dug his nails into the desk and announced, I'm coming like the Broadway revival of our town. Roz moaned. Where was her fucking spin-off? <laughs> They shared the desk for a moment, just laying there, bodies stuck to one another like two really manky Sour Patch kids. I very much enjoyed having that heterosexual sex with you, said Dr. Fraser Crane, handing Roz her customary post-intercourse corsage to wear out. Roz smiled. Me too, she replied. Me too, replied Alan Jones, suddenly appearing from beneath the desk. This all really happened, and I should know... My name's Eddie, and I was watching everything. That was lovely. Thank you. Thank you for those mental images. That's all right. And you'll never watch Frasier the same way again. And please watch it every day like I do. <laughs> I'll be home for Christmas. You. We're done. We're donezo. Donezo for the year, though. Donezo for the year. We'll be back next year, I hope. Maybe. Beck, you wanted to talk before we go about uh, a wonderful person that you knew that we sadly lost last week. Yes. I just wanted to um, talk a bit about Stella Young, who passed away suddenly last weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to... (laughs) I don't know, just acknowledge that it happened and that she'll really be missed and she was 
an amazing woman. Um, you got to have dinner with her when you were in Sydney. Yeah, I met her a couple of times, and there was one night that we had dinner. Um, and she's just, she was just. There was a lot of beautiful tributes written to her about, you know, she's done incredible work. Um, her advocacy and activism was amazing. And she was and, so funny. Yeah, that's the thing that I really wanted to make sure that everyone remembered is just how fucking hilarious she yeah. was and that she was just lovely and generous and hilarious and um the last I was having a look because now that we have technology we can look at the last conversation you had if it was online. Oh yeah. We would usually chat on Facebook. Um and she was saying this is when she was still running Ramp Up, which was the ABC mm. and I was having a look through and she, cause she was, had said that she really liked my writing and she was like, do you have a regular writing gig? Um, and she was like, oh, well, if you, um, ever get acquired disability, yeah. I'll <laughs> employ you straight away. <laughs> she's like, a terrible accident. Yeah. She's like, call. not that I'm wishing that upon you, but just if it happens. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's just hilarious. And I think her memorial service will be in the next couple of weeks sometimes. Okay. Um, and I don't know that I'll be able to go. So I just wanted to send. My best wishes to everyone. And so many friends. It, it's funny, like, when things like this happen, and I remember just, obviously, I, I didn't know David Rakoff, mm. um, but, like, when people like that die, and you just realise they have so many friends from so many different walks yeah. of life, and that was what really struck me after Stella died, was the people who spoke about her so lovingly, and just from all, just from every every sector you can imagine. Because she was so, it wasn't just that she was a advocacy for people with disabilities mm-hmm. but she was a like a very strong feminist activist and also for education and yeah. also for indigenous people and just she does I don't know where she got her energy from and it's just you know she packs so much and also then she was won the best newcomer at Melbourne International yes. Comedy Festival last Incredible. year and she was meant to take it to London next year and it's really sad that she won't be able to and she just had she just did everything um and yeah, so that's why she just has so many people that will miss her a lot. So it's just very sad. Rebecca. Yes. It's time to say goodbye for another year. Yes. Do you have anything to plug? Um Christmas. Um Christmas. on the twenty fifth of December there's uh if you know I don't get to talk about my religion very often yes. on here, but because um, I ban it usually. The child of God, Jesus Christ, was born on the 25th of December. Yeah. And every year we like to stop and celebrate him mm-hmm. um, because uh, he was a beautiful man. He loved prostitutes, as is my understanding. He really helped them out. Sex workers, they'd yes. be called now, but he wouldn't have called them that. He was, <laughs> you um, saw the look. <laughs> he was a really controversial yeah. guy. He didn't mind pushing out the boat on And he was very issues. white, as we've seen from all depictions He's of him. Very, he was beautiful, Just like the Egyptian skin. in the Exodus. He looked um, like Chris Pratt, like yeah. thin Chris Pratt. <laughs> um, he had a wonderful beard. Yep. Mary. He put more... <laughs> Yes. Um, what are you doing for Christmas? I'm going back to St. George. Good times. Spoke to my therapist about it the other week. I told oh, yeah. her I'm quite scared to go back because mm. um, I-, I love my, you know, family, but at the same time, um, sometimes not. And also, <laughs> um, I just can be. It can be awkward times out there. I don't like the town, Rebecca. Yeah, you'll like be the, in St. George. I don't like. I don't love St. George. St. George doesn't really hold a lot of great memories yeah. for me. And she said, you know, you just need to take something to uh, 
distract yourself with you know you just need to take something to distract yourself with. And I said what like a bus ticket out of there and uh, we laughed and laughed because mainly I go um, to try to make her to laugh. pitch jokes to my therapist <laughs> she loves that it's really good <laughs> and never talk about real feelings no 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 no, no, no. deflect it all times deflect it yeah deflect yeah, it with humor totally yeah. um, I will haven't decided what I'm doing for Christmas yet but there's a good chance that I might be here by myself I can't believe that but I, it's fine I could go to Toowoomba but it's the same thing there's going to be a lot of you know, lots of family. Just go for and ex- the day. I'm going to be in Central for like a whole week. Yeah, but I'm not going to catch a bus up there for a day. Why not? Because I don't want to. Anyway, cool we'll see beans. how that goes. <laughs> I really don't think you should do that. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'll talk to my therapist. If you like, I'll send you a Christmas card. Okay. <laughs> Um, but do, yeah, do send so, us your tweets. Do send us your tweets. I've honestly, I've got ten Christmas cards. To yeah, give they're away, fun, and they're really fun. And you will want one. They're limited edition. Ten only. Ten. One only. day when we're not famous but dead. Yeah, they're going to be worth something. <laughs> our worth parents will try and buy them back. <laughs> I don't think our parents I will want they're those. They're going to increase in value. <laughs> no, knowing what's on the cover, our parents <laughs> will almost certainly not want these. Yes, yeah. but please, if you want. The show to keep going. Please let people know about it if you think they would enjoy it. Serial's over now, so people need a yeah, new podcast to replace. Exactly. Chat 10 looks three is shit. And we're going to have as much chance of solve- getting Adnan out of jail as Sarah Koenig, <laughs> so you may as well get people to listen to it. Subscribe, leave reviews, send us tweets so we know you're listening. Twitter, Tumblr. Brockle Snitch, Peter Taggart. At Peter Taggart. Yes. At Brockle Snitch. You yes. need to put the at No, in people know. No. Um, and... We hope you have a great Christmas and a great New Year. And yeah, we will be I don't hope that as much. Beck, <laughs> um, what's your favourite? What's your favourite carol to sing? Um, I like Rudolph, but when you do the the um, the echoey verse, you know how you what's do that? the like the funny. No. Um, when you like Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer, Reindeer had a very shiny nose, like a light bulb. My favourite um, carol. You didn't really care, did you? No. Is um, I'm um, not ready to make it <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm not, not ready to back down. I'm, I'm still mad as hell and I don't know why. And go round and round and round. It's too late to make it right. I probably wouldn't if I could. Cause I'm mad as hell and I can't bring myself to what it is you think I should. What it is you think I should. Fuck you, Toby Keith. Yes. Tracking like the bad breath My grandma thought the poetry cheap like a hotel Tracking like half, 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 half man, half a raisin Yo, 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 crowd Tracking like the bad breath My grandma thought the poetry cheap like a hotel Tracking like half, half, half man, half a raisin Yo, 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 crowd Hello you have 42 unplayed messages. The 612 ABC Brisbane cereal box. This is a global tell link prepaid call from Adnan Sayed. An inmate at a Maryland Correctional Facility. Have something to say? Get up on your cereal box any time of the day or night. Call 3223 0612.